Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Too hot. It's above 25 degrees or probably above 24 degrees, so you must be in a terrible state. I am in a terrible state to the extent that as I walked upstairs to record the podcast this evening, I started getting into a panic that I had COVID because I felt slightly warm and slightly breathless. And then I realised I was walking upstairs, which was making me breathless. And it had been a hot day, so I'm just just too hot. Right, yeah. Easily confused, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, So I I met a friend, you know, that we're now allowed to do responsible, socially distanced meetups in open spaces yeah i met my friend Susie earlier on which was exciting oh how exciting and we went she's she's been volunteering at a hospital you know helping out helping get um food deliveries to key workers and i met her after her shift and we went for a socially distanced walk which i really enjoyed now here's the thing the hospital where she's been working is maybe i don't know four or five miles from my house Mm -hmm. and i didn't have that much time because of childcare commitments so Mm. to make the timing work i took a car service there right okay which i felt a little bit guilty about because it it feels a little excessive under the current lockdown rules would you Mm. agree well i don't i'm not going to pass any judgment so when I've been to work and I've done a bit of work for the BBC here and there, they always send a car to pick me up. And I'm very responsible. I wear the face mask. I, I sit as far from the driver diagonally as I can. I don't know if it's quite two metres, but mm. I, I try and follow the rules. So, so I did that. But the reason I felt okay booking a taxi for a personal journey like that yeah. is that the destination was a hospital. So uh... the driver <laughs> would have thought I had a genuine reason going for going there. <laughs> You're either working there or visiting someone. Exactly. So or some kind of appointment. Just... Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I, I thought he couldn't judge me. So it was all right, <laughs> even though I do feel slightly bad for, for taking a taxi for personal reasons. But as I say, I wore, wore my face mask. Um, I'm starting to worry 
how, how often are you wearing the face mask, by the way? Well, I only got one this week. Um, same, same. I got one last I week when I they changed really the rules. I haven't really been out, not anywhere where I've had to go indoors. It wasn't my turn to go to the supermarket this week, unfortunately. So I've only been outdoors. Because that's where I've been wearing it is, is when I go into the shop to, yeah. to get the groceries. Yeah. Um, I'm now worried that for many years, my breath hasn't been as beautiful and as florally fa- flagra- uh, fragrant as I thought it was, and that I might have a touch of the H-tosis and nobody's ever mentioned it to me. Well, because you're, you're smelling your own breath. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of people have a revelation. Of it's like, not oh, good. It's on. not good. I mean, I'm going to uh, start carrying polos everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm struggling with the, the glasses misting up a little bit as well. Oh, yeah, I guess that's going to be a problem if your glasses mm, were... Uh, mm. how, how are you getting around it? Is there a solution? Not really, no. I'm just... Everything's in soft focus. That's exactly it. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like I've rubbed okay. Vaseline on the lenses, which is nicer in, in some respects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm wearing the face mask, which is good in another respect because something terrible happened to me at the weekend. Yeah. So I've been a beard wearer for as long as you've known me, certainly. So which is mm. um, yeah, twenty years. Mm. And the the reason I wear a beard is because my face doesn't look good without it however the the beard under lockdown conditions was getting so bushy usually i go to the barber to get a a beard trim and Mm. i wasn't able to do so so i ordered beard trimmers off the internet and thinking oh how hard can it be i've seen the barber do it it'd been many years since i tried to trim my own beard i i just had at it with the clippers and Mm. it went badly badly wrong well what what it is a bit foolproof. Like, what what went wrong? Like, did you put n- a so number firstly, three on a number four? Yeah, I, I, I had, it's in millimetres. And I think um, um, usually when you go to the barbers, I don't even know what I'm asking the barber for. It's either a number <laughs> two or a number three. And that's what I say. I think I think it's a two or a three. Maybe this bit's a two and the, this bit's a three or the other way around. Uh, and, and they're just professional enough to work that out. Yeah. Whereas these, these clippers are in millimetres, which is a whole other measurement system. And I just kind of guessed at it. And, and long story short, Sure, I'd got this big bushy beard. I was looking like Castaway, mm. and uh, I had at it, and I trimmed too much off on one side, so there was almost no beard at all. And it was, and then I was just left with a goatee, um, and but it was still bushy on the other side. I mean, it was bad. So I went into the room where my wife was, and straight away I could see from the look on her face that I'd really made a mess of it. Right, I said. This has gone very badly wrong for me. And then she t- started trying to reassure me that it wasn't, but the heart wasn't in it. You know, when somebody's heart isn't in it. Mm-mm-mm. So she suggested, look, why don't you just go and shave it into a mustache and your beard will grow back? Okay. So I thought, why not? Why not have a mustache? I think I went to a wedding in 2008 with a mustache and there was something a bit hip about it. So I went and, and shaved it into a mustache, but because I'd already thinned it out with the beard trimmers it's a really pathetic sort of bum fluff mustache (laughs) and do you remember i don't know if it was after the brexit referendum or something nigel farage grew a mustache yes i do remember it's about as impressive as that but can i ask if you if you still got it well what am i supposed to do i can't have no facial hair because that's even worse Oh, really? It, yeah, my, I, I did that a couple of years ago for another sort of fancy dress thing and it, yeah. it really, really wasn't good. I'd convinced myself that under the beard and the moustache I'd stayed 
like my 24-year-old self, and then when I shaved it off for fancy dress a couple of years ago, I looked like a jowly nana. <laughs> it really wasn't good. I'll tell so you now what, you look like a jowly nana with a moustache. With a moustache, yeah. yeah. I look like, you know, in Sesame Street, when Grover's working as a waiter, mm. there's a, a man, an irate customer with a moustache he's always spilling soup on. I look like that. It's It's just awful... Um, I put a picture of it on Instagram and somebody said, it's a good job the schools are closed at the moment because you'd probably uh, get parents <laughs> complaining about you if you went anywhere near school gates. You must be the only person who wishes that lockdown would extend for much, much longer because then you can hide away. Oh, it's awful. I just want, I mean, I, I, I just want to be able to go to the barbers again. I know that I'm in a privileged position to say, well, that's the thing I want the most. But really, I want that more than being able to keep a roof over my family's heads <laughs> i did see once on an episode of america's Te- next top model when they had some male models on it that they gave one of them a beard weave they put a, they weaved a beard onto his face that's what i need that's what gonna, i need i'm gonna get you a beard weave i'm telling you what what this isn't is magnum pi <laughs> Right, let's sift through the weekly trickle from the drifters, uh, our correspondence, stories of uh, social ineptitude. Annabelle, who's the first one from? It's from Tess. She starts with some background. I am a Chinese-born South African, two and a half generation, if that means anything to you. Basically, my grandparents from one side of the family were born in South Africa, and the other set of grandparents arrived in South Africa from China in their teens. My boyfriend, who I've been dating for over 13 years, is also South African, but Portuguese, and thus a very much-loved mama's boy, even though he's almost 40. But I digress. Let's call him Carlos. (laughs) The story. Since we've been dating for such a long time, I am part of his family's WhatsApp group, which consists of his parents, him, his brother, his brother-in-law and me. His mother loves reading news websites and posts. And posts, I really want to say bombards, the group with links about the financial state of the country and of late updates on COVID-19 and any articles that mention how and why Portugal is the best country in the world. (laughs) One morning, I saw a link regarding retail and how it's evolving due to the pandemic. But Carlos's mum also made a comment in the article that, Tess, me, is going to be famous. Having previously worked as a consultant in the retail space over a decade ago, I thought maybe she was referring to something I may have done in the past. After reading the article twice over, I couldn't for the life of me understand how it was pertinent. I shrugged it off and proceeded to get on with my day. Not all links on the group are acknowledged because there are so many of them sent over the course of a day, so it wouldn't be a big issue. About two hours later, another message popped up on the family group. It was Carlos, his mother. It read, my mistake. I really thought that this was Tess in the photo. This prompted me to open the article again. And to my horror, it clicked. On the top of the article, there was a picture of four Asian women, I assume Chinese, strolling around in a shopping mall with their masks on. I'm about 100% sure the picture was taken in China, but if not, was definitely not taken in South Africa and definitely not on a mall that I frequent. She thought I was one of the Asian women in the picture. To her defence, they were wearing face masks, but if it was that vague, why say anything at all? I felt in the sadness and the horror of it all. (laughs) 
but then decided to brush it all off with a joke and reply to the group saying that if I didn't make it out of lockdown alive, at least Carlos could just go to China and find my replacement and no one in the family would be the wiser. His mother seemed to have found the comment funny and so he moved on. Of course, this didn't stop me from having a few words with Carlos about how distraught I was and how his mother was only on a side of racism, but at the very least lacked the ability to pay attention to detail. Perhaps I'd be less scarred if that's where the story ended. Oh. <laughs> I downloaded the picture of the four women and sent it to my mum on WhatsApp. I was curious to see what she would say. I stared at my phone with trepidation and after what seemed like an eternity, a reply came through. That's a nice picture of you. <gasps> my dad, a similar outcome. Again, I made Whoa. a joke of it, but was completely distraught. Whoa. I know I'm nothing special. And if anything, the woman I was mistaken for was an upgrade of myself. But I would have thought my own family, my own family would have at least been able to recognise me. I have considered disowning my family, updating my will and leaving everything to the SPCA or maybe orphans in China. But instead, have updated my WhatsApp profile picture to the woman in the picture I assume I was mistaken for as a quiet protest. No one has said a thing about it. If this isn't a story about how bland of a person I am, I don't know what is. Any story that ends with, if this isn't a story about how bland I am, I, like, I want to hear that story immediately. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's that's brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love okay. that. Thank you, Tess. Yes. Like, let's move on to Sarah. Many years ago, I'd been out drinking. Remember when we were allowed to do that? And a few of us ended up going back to a friend's place in the early hours. Waking up the next day, I felt particularly grim and wanted nothing more than to get home to my own bed. I grabbed my stuff to quietly let myself out. Now, key plot point here is that my friend was renting a room from a family in a massive Georgian house in Edinburgh. Leaving his room, I was horrified at the thought of bumping into some strangers, enjoying their breakfast and having to meekly slip out. But I managed to get down the stairs and to the front door without incident and I was relieved beyond measure. It was one of those big old houses with a heavy front door and an inner door with a small porch between. I opened the inner door and quietly closed it behind me before going to open the front door. I'm sure you can predict what happened next. Oh, I put my hand on the handle and turned to no avail. The main door was locked and a quick examination told me it was locked with a key, which I didn't have. Resigned to the fact I would have to go all the way back upstairs and wake my friend to let me out, I turned to go back through the inner door. It was at this point I discovered the inner door was also locked. It required a code to get in. So I stood stuck between two locked doors in a stranger's house, wondering who I had hurt in a previous <laughs> life to end up here. My phone had died the night before, so I couldn't call my friend to free me. The way I saw it, I had two options. Knock on the inner door, hoping someone was up and could let me out. Or just accept I could never leave. <laughs> I genuinely stood there for a good 10 minutes wondering how long I would have to wait until someone tried to come in or out of the house. Fortunately, someone was watching over me that day as I managed to switch my phone on just long enough to ring my friend and he came and let me out. I think of this story as my confirmation of being a drifter, that I would rather live the rest of my days in a small porch than risk disrupting a stranger. Oh, that's great. Stuck in the airlock. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you have a story that you would like to share with us, please keep that trickle going. We appreciate it greatly. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
I am ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. The lockdown weeks slash months slash years. And it is the week I finally temporarily lost it. So what I'm finding right now after my ninth week of lockdown is that my policy of only ever cleaning my home if I know someone is coming around to visit now means that it's so dirty. I caught my two year old this week with a cloth and a spray cleaning a mirror. (laughs) That's how bad it got. My two year old thought I can't live with this dirt any longer. This squalor is disgusting and got to work. And when I found him, he acted like he'd been caught injecting heroin into the dog. Like cleaning is something <laughs> naughty that we just don't do in this house. <laughs> so what I've done is I've stopped doing the laundry and the cooking now to see if he can take over that as well. <laughs> so this wasn't a great start to the week, being shamed by my own son. But I decided to forgive him and also try and kill some time with him by doing one of those NHS rainbow pictures to stick up in the windows. Yes. Because I like to do things at least eight weeks after everybody else. See, we, we did ours about two weeks after everybody else. And, oh. and Gene didn't want to do it. He didn't want the rainbow to bend. So he wanted all the <laughs> um, he wanted all the colours in a straight line. And he insisted on having the word crocodile written on it as well. <laughs> well, that's incredible. I hope you put it up. I would like to see that crocodile straight rainbow. But Sarah didn't understand. This was funny. Sarah didn't understand that people, you know, what to do is tape it to the inside of your window so people can see it from the street. So she went outside and taped it to the outside of the front door. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Don't do that. Exposed to the elements. (laughs) She got it wrong. But is it still in place now? Uh, it, no, it's it's long since. We, um, we put it into the... It was moved into the window and it's long since right. fallen down. Okay. So I got the felt tip pens out and I drew an outline of a rainbow and I started it off for him, my son, with the red pen. But he was getting really annoyed by it for some reason and he kept trying to push my pen away from the page and then he was trying to crumple the paper up and he kept saying, no, no, no. And then he was <laughs> scribbling over it randomly and even at one point spilled some water on it. And I started to wonder if he was anti-NHS, that he wanted to privatise it or sell it to America. It was quite annoying. But I persisted because I like colouring in and saying Richard of York gave battle in vain so I could remember the colour order. And I wasn't even annoyed that it makes no sense that he gave battle in vain. And then Tom came in the room and he said, you've done that rainbow wrong. The red goes at the top. And I'd done the red at the bottom, like the bottom was red and it went upwards, orange, yellow, etc. And even a two-year-old could see that I'd done it wrong. So I had a normal and considered reaction to the situation and I ranted for about five minutes about why rainbows were so rigid in their appearance (laughs) and how it's always the same and totally boring and why don't they throw any other colours in and change the order and why can't I do an upside down one who cares what if Picasso thought well nobody paints the eyes and nose in the right place of face so I will too and also why don't rainbows come out anymore like I see one about twice a year that's something they never acknowledge in the TV show rainbow paint the whole world with a rainbow but sorry only twice a year kids and then because I was on a roll I got something else off my chest that's been bugging me all week since I saw it on a CBB show and I said oh so that gingerbread man, the one that says you can't catch me on a gingerbread man. Why is he so arrogant? What? Nobody <laughs> can catch him. You saying Bolt can't catch him. He's made of ginger. If it were Jin saying, I'd be more understanding of this amount of energy he claims to have. And then I stopped. <laughs> Went in another room for a bit to calm down. And now I'm totally fine. <laughs>
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, here's the thing. You know you've mocked me on occasion about my love of the energy drink, Purdy's. I have, yes. And this is something that I think I've been drinking since the 80s, since I was maybe at school doing my GCSEs and burning the midnight oil studying or just sort of dicking around on my ZX Spectrum and, and when I should have been working. But anyway, I've been drinking this stuff uh, to give me a boost for years Back when I was a drinker and I was hungover, I would drink it. When we were doing a breakfast show and I'd, I'd get back from doing that and I'd feel like I was a zombie and I was on sort of four hours sleep or whatever, I would drink it. This stuff, I feel, has been giving me energy for decades. Right. And I still still drink it with some frequency. Okay, I'm surprised you can still buy it. I, I I've never seen it, but okay. well, my, my my local shop, Five Sapphires, they uh, <laughs> maybe they bulk bought some in the nineties. Just they, for they, you, they always have plenty. Anyway, for the first time in all those years, I looked at what was in it the other day. And oh, I feel so cheated. Okay, it's it's basically fruit juice. You're just drinking fruit juice of some description vitamins fruit what what there isn't is there's not yeah with red bull mm. people always Caffeine. say oh, yeah oh if yeah. you go to if you have the one in thailand though it's got something that'll have you wired it's got amphetamines in it i've always assumed that purdy's had got some kind of <laughs> chemical caffeine taurine something that would was keeping me wired right and i've just found out it's a, a bunch of sort of diluted fruit and sugar and vitamins i feel so cheated botanicals exactly i think I it says so... a lot about you that, that after all these years what we're we talking like 30 years it's the first time you've looked at the ingredients <laughs> that's what that's what lockdown has done to me <laughs> yeah hey speaking of uh, my local shop five sapphires which mm. i have talked about on the on the podcast before i mean it's just a local news agent come corner shop and it's the sort of place that a lot of people would never bother to learn the name of. They'd just call it the shop or the corner shop. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think they've taken time to come up with a name, so I will always call it by that name. Yeah, a name like that, you've got to use it. Yeah, and I don't, I've never met anybody else in my neighbourhood who does, but I insist on calling it by its proper name. You've been in there with me, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. And I've talked on the podcast in the past about my slightly uncomfortable interactions with the man behind the counter. Now, you, you have witnessed me making small talk with him. Yeah, you made small talk with him and it was fairly excruciating. And when he came out, you said, oh, no, that was a good one. <laughs> like yeah, We were, we were yeah. practically buzzing there. Yeah. I want to tell you about how I am growing as a human being mm. under lockdown. The other day I was so bored because we, we've been doing a few hours. Sarah will look after Jean for a few hours, then I'll do it for a few hours and she'll come upstairs and work on whatever she's working on and I'll come upstairs and supposedly be working on whatever I'm working on, but I'll I'll just 
fall down rabbit holes on the internet. I was so bored that I thought I'm going to start looking on Google Street View and going through all the streets in our neighbourhood and see if I was caught on camera at any stage. (laughs) You're joking. No, that's how bored I was. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, as I was doing this, I saw the man from the shop, Mr. Five Sapphires, walking along with his daughter. Amazing. That must have been exciting. It was really exciting. I mean, it, I felt, you know, it was like spotting a celebrity. Or seeing um, a teacher out of school. Yes, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. But here's the way in which I've grown. I think previously, as I was failing to make small talk whilst buying some milk or something, I would have brought it up to him. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And even though I'm sort of, every time I go in there, I'm straining with every fibre of my being to say, hey, guess what? I was looking at Google Street View the other day and you and your daughter are on there. I, I know, I now know that that interaction would go so poorly that I'm managing not to blurt it out. I, I can only praise you for being so restrained. It would be the weirdest, most awkward conversation you'd ever have. So you've done the right thing there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another quick thing. Hmm. Um, do you know the shorts I'm talking about when I say I wear these shorts around the house, which are almost but not quite boxer shorts? Yes, I thought they were boxer shorts. Are they not? Well, well, I mean, the provenance of them, and I, I know I've talked about this before, was when I used to spend a lot of time in Sweden, I would often stay at my friend Malik and Carolyn's house in their spare bedroom if I needed to catch a, a flight because my where I lived in Sweden was a long way from the airport. So I'd often, when I was going back the night before, I'd crash at their house. Um, they went off to Australia. She is from Australia. He's Swedish. And when they came back, they bought me these shorts. I can't remember what they're called now. If we've got any Australian listeners, I'm sure they would know them straight away. They're quite famous over there uh, as, as a present. And what I came to realise is they really didn't like me sleeping naked in their spare bed. So they bought me these shorts as, as a way of putting a bit of a barrier between my genitalia and their sheets <laughs> well that, that was your paranoia but you, do, you don't know that for sure no but i you know I, I think i think i've accepted that as the years have gone on so what here's here's a quality i think that they would be okay if people had stayed over uh the night before maybe we'd had visitors from out of town and they'd stayed over with us and i was making them breakfast i think it would be okay for me to be around the house in these shorts so they're not quite underpants they're a bit bigger and baggier than underpants they're almost knee length right which makes me think that they're not boxer shorts okay so there there are a few days under lockdown where as i've as discussed i've not worn anything other than the dressing gown and then there are other days where i will wear a a t-shirt or a sweatshirt and those shorts last thursday was one of those days right it got to just before eight o'clock and sarah said are we gonna go out and uh, clap for the carers so i said sure so we went on the doorstep and she looked down at my legs with horror and she said are you not gonna go inside and put some trousers on no really i said i I don't think so no i think this (laughs) this is fine and she said, I'm not sure it's appropriate to be you know, showing your respect and gratitude to the NHS and frontline workers in, in your underwear. And I'm saying, well, these aren't, aren't my underwear. And my argument is I'm not showing anything that you wouldn't see if you went to the municipal baths. No. There's not any more of my body on display than there would be if I was wearing 
sh- shorts made out of a more hefty fabric. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a danger that if I clap too rigorously, maybe you could catch a glimpse through the, the open, unbuttoned fly. Cause no okay, stop there. there. Stop there. Stop there. We're, we're all back on Sarah's side. Mm. That's <laughs> a glimpse. I don't know. A tantalising glimpse. <laughs> tantalising glimpse. And did you clap vigorously or did you get sent back inside to put trousers on? No, no, I clapped vigorously. Um, right. I was also going to bring Jean's got a honky bike horn and I thought I was going to bring that out with me and Sarah forbade me from bringing it to clap for the carers. What? Did she, did she bang a saucepan? No, some, I told you somebody down the street's got a trombone. Oh, they win, yeah. Mm. There's no point competing, just, just to use your hands, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I did. I don't think I'm a very natural clapper. Hmm. I'll be honest, it never occurred to me whether I was a very natural clapper or not. And then my wife has mocked the way in which I clap on a number of occasions. (laughs) Of course. So (laughs) I've become quite (laughs) sensitive about it. I've never heard anyone say that they don't think they're a natural clapper. Yeah, but then you see that What is a natural clapper? Someone you think just makes a good loud noise? Well, Sarah's got like big hands like shovels and she can really <laughs> clap whereas my clap is more akin to do you remember that gif of michael gove clapping oh yes yeah yeah, yeah it's okay. got a, it's got a touch of that to it um I, c- I could i could go into more but i think we've gone on long enough in this bit um i've, I've got something which maybe could be applicable for quandary corner um i don't know whether to introduce it here save it for quandary corner which is coming up in a second or if i should hold it over to next week what's your feeling uh, let's just have it now. Okay, so my wife and I are very open when it comes to bodily functions. Okay. Um, Danny Baker, who has had a long and ma- uh, happy marriage spanning decades, I think him and Wendy married, if not in the early 80s, maybe even in the 70s, but says he's never farted or burped in front of his wife. Right, nice. not the case. Not the case with us. Like no. we, we tend to draw the line with going for a sit-down number two toilet while the other one's in the room, okay. but that's not to say it's never happened. Okay. So I don't think it's necessarily good. I think really in those early weeks we should have thought about it a bit more, and there could have been an air of mystery. But that 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 ship has sailed. The the that horse has bolted. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have, though, felt the need to introduce a rule of late. Right. Which is, when we are sitting on the sofa eating, I think we have to hold in gas until we've finished eating. Do you mean from the mouth or the bottom? I mean from the bottom. Oh, right. I think it's not yes. nice to be eating while no. smelling air that, that has the aroma of faecal matter. So just... Just to confirm here, one or both of you were doing it from the bottom while eating. That's why Sarah, Sarah, Sarah has been doing it to the extent <gasps> that I've needed to introduce a rule. Right. Okay. Let's let's be very open and honest about it. It was Sarah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how does she take you trying to introduce this new rule? I think she understands that it's the right thing, but is is only going along with it grudgingly. <laughs> I think I speak on behalf of everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. (laughs) That that is 
the correct rule. Okay, glad to hear it. Uh, <laughs> that in mind, uh, here, here comes QC at the Glapsy. What did you think of that whole QC at the Glapsy thing? The line sort of cut out a bit, so I didn't quite hear it. I said, so, "Here comes." I said, uh, "Here comes." Like coming up because we had that little bit of music separating mm. the two bits. Mm. I, said, I called it QC at the Glapsy. Boundary corner at the Glapsy. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's um, all right, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in problematic, uh, and uh, and Snaresbrook suggestions. Annabelle, who is the first one from? Charlotte. I need your expert advice. Sorry, I talked there for no reason. I said, what does Charlotte (laughs) say? It it didn't add anything. All it's done is slow things down. I'm sorry. Do go on. Okay. I need your expert advice on a situation which has only been made worse by social distancing. I go running fairly often in our local countryside. We're lucky to have it on our doorstep, especially at the moment. And a lot of the time I can be a long way from anyone else, which suits me fine. But when you're on a narrow path, there are fairly frequent occasions where I can see up ahead there are some people walking. Even if they're a mile away in the distance, I already start panicking about how I'm going to get round them. In normal times, I might be able to find a way to nip around with a cheery hello and get on with my way. But sometimes the path is too narrow or overgrown and I know they're going to have to move for me. Now that I need a clear two metres around anyone, this is happening even more at the moment. So how do I let them know I'm coming and ask them to move? If you get too close, you make them jump. They're often wearing headphones and don't hear me until I'm at their shoulder, no matter what I do. I've tried being ultra noisy as I get towards them, coughing and the like, hoping they'll notice me before I have to say anything. But I suspect now that coughing as you approach someone isn't the done thing. Mm -hmm. Any attempt at an excuse me because I come by leaves me for the rest of the run paranoid that they think I'm a smug runner who thinks that they are more important than someone walking and cringing at my ineptitude. So to just to be very clear about this, she's talking about people up ahead walking away from her and how to yeah. get around them because they can't see her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm, this is an interesting one, isn't it? It's I mean, very my, my, my first thought is if you throw a sorry in there as well. A loud sorry? Yeah. Sorry. If you say, excuse me, I'm so sorry, can I just get around you? But I suppose if you're panting a little bit, it can come over as a bit aggressive. Like My, my feeling about runners generally is that they are the ones using the public space in an abnormal way and they should be adjusting. No, I, I'm sorry. I know that's <laughs> a harsh thing. Only you could think that the running is abnormal. No, I don't think it's abnormal. I don't think there's anything wrong with running, not that I'd ever do it. But <laughs> if you think about the way that you're using a footpath, mm. walking is the norm right? and and running is, is one of the less normal behaviours. Okay. Like if I was... If I was um, like walking around an athletics track, I would be the uh, one using that in an abnormal way. Okay, okay. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'd be really conscious about the way I was behaving. I, I, I don't think that Charlotte sounds this, like this at all. But I think runners often have an air that, that people using the footpath in, in the normal way are an annoyance or an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And, and that really gets my back up. 
And in this situation of the countryside But I don't think paths, Charlotte's like that. I no. think countryside path, it's still, I think, you know, ra- the, the ramble is the, is the normal way to use a countryside path. But, the, you know, the fact remains, this, this isn't about that. I think Charlotte's been really respectful, as a lot of runners are. Mm. But when you're behind somebody, because even slowing down to a walking pace, you still have to overtake them. And, yeah. it, and an, an overtake is an awkward situation, isn't it? I think I've had an idea. What yeah. if when she's two metres behind them, yeah. she can jog on the spot and pick up a stone or a rock and throw it two metres ahead of them to alert them to her presence. And then they can do that thing where they press themselves up against the edge of the path so she can get by. Mm. Yeah, is that okay. a good idea? I, th- I think it'll have to do. It's not, but you can't think of anything better. Well, I can't think of anything better because even even sort of slowing down to a normal speed, like there's there's still the awkwardness of saying, "I'm so sorry, I need to get past you." But I wonder Mm. if that's just better coming from some from a walker or a jogger on the spot than it is from somebody who is passing you simultaneously. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very very tricky situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, well. I don't feel we've really solved that, but we can, we can also ask drifters if, you, if you've got a solution for that. If you are a runner, um, I know when I've been bike riding um, in the United States, people will shout, if people are coming up behind you, people will shout things like, passing you on the left. Okay. Yeah, there should be a rule like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Coming behind, run, runner mm. on the approach. I don't yeah. know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, this, we'll, we'll think more on this, come back okay. to it. Okay, and the next one is from Tom. He says, my quandary is that I would like to podicate an episode to my wife, Laura Munns. I've left her full name in, so there is no doubt who we are shaming. However, she has told me she always skips that bit. So this is my quandary. Is she allowed a podication as a self-confessed podication skipper? If the answer is yes, hopefully she will hear this and start listening to the end. Hmm. What do you think? Well, it's an interesting one. So we put the podication right at the end with a gap between the end of the programme and the podication beginning because I think, well, it's over, but if you want to listen to it, it's like an, it's, it's an optional extra, the podication. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think she is following the rules, but the sort of have your cake and eat it element is, is difficult. I mean, maybe you have misjudged how much she would want a podication. <laughs> yeah, seeing she doesn't listen to them. <laughs> she sees no value in the podication as a method of one drifter communicating with another. Yeah. And presumably that would apply to... I mean, let's see if you know, she's talked the talk. Let's see if she walks the walk. I think we should just refuse to give her a podication unless no. we hear from her, unless no. we hear from her. Well, my thoughts are that we happily give a podication quite often people say it's to my wife but she doesn't listen oh yeah 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 we're quite happily give it to people who don't even listen at least she mm. listens to the main body of the show mm-hmm. so i'm erring on the side that she should be allowed one and that maybe this will guilt her into who cares if she stays to the end <laughs> i don't care but i feel the people who are choosing not to listen they just they just don't like it she specifically dislikes the podications mm-hmm. so isn't it torturing her should in some way to put yeah when it's all about her she's interested <laughs> <laughs> oh laura i i think it's okay so um then is is that the podication i, d- I don't understand now yeah that it'll be the podication today yeah great okay well stay tuned for that laura i mean i feel like we've she's now gets to cheat 
Because we should have just put it on and uh, on a random episode. Yeah. Yeah, But anyway, we'll do it today. That's all fine. And if you have a quandary that you would like solving in Quandary Corner, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music, to Kim Rainey for the artwork and to Carla Gowlett for the nice photos of us. She took all that time ago, Annabelle. Oh, so long ago. Yeah. Um, I, I can get quite depressed looking at those photos. Not of you. You haven't aged a day, but, you know, me, especially with the whole moustache situation. Now... Speaking of dedications for people who will uh, never hear their name mentioned, mm-hmm. Robin Port. Yes. Oh, yeah. Has a big birthday. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. On so Sunday. we're going to say happy birthday to Annabelle's dad, who is, uh, and, you know, never is this word more appropriate, is a mensch. That man is a mensch. <laughs> And he's uh, he's eighty years old. He is. Uh, although you wouldn't know it to look at him, marathon runner that he is. Well, you've not seen him for a while. This is true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's aged like I have all the, <laughs> since those photos were taken for the podcast. But um, happy birthday to Robin Port. How will he be celebrating? Well, in a socially distanced way. Oh, he did. He did mention that he's already pre-ordered a kebab from the kebab shop. <laughs> That's, that's commitment. As a, as a special treat. That's good. Yeah, nice. And will he be watching one of his favourite films on Fast Forward? Because he, he's <laughs> stopped messing about. He now watches the films on... Is it still double speed or has he upped it since then? Yeah, it's usually double speed just because, um, yeah, he doesn't... He says there's many films in the world to watch. I don't want to waste too much time. I want to get on with it. I've got much yeah. long left. I want to see them all. <laughs> so I've got to watch them fast. Well, uh, happy birthday, happy 80th birthday to the legend that is Mr. Robin Port. Will she ever hear this? We we don't know, probably, because it's all about her. It's uh, it's Laura. Let's get on to this. This is from Tom, uh, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I used to listen to your evening drive time show at the old radio station. I hadn't listened for a while when you left, so I was pleasantly surprised when I discovered Adrift and have listened since the start. Uh, I then tried to get my girlfriend, now wife Laura, to listen by playing an episode on the occasional car journey and talking about it, as I knew she was a fellow drifter. After about a year and a half, she had told me she'd gone back to the beginning and was hooked. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Good old Laura. I mean, Great I did Laura. have my misgivings, but... Um, We're over it now. Yeah. I had meant to send this publication before Christmas as we'd gone through the lovely process of buying a house. I have heard many worse horror stories about house buying. Uh, so in hindsight, our experience was a relative breeze. Can I just tell you like a weird, weird coincidence story? I know coincidence stories are really never that great. 
I was on Five Live this weekend um, doing the breakfast show on Sunday with the fabulous Ellie Oldroyd. And the way that show works is you kind of present together, but you do an item, then the co-presenter does an item, and you do what they call flip-flop through the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe she'll interview uh, a football manager and then I'll be talking to someone who works in a care home and it goes like that through the show. So it got to the first item out of the eight o'clock news and it fell to her, not to me. And I heard her say the name of one of the contributors who was somebody who works in education. And I recognised the name straight away and it wasn't a particularly common name. And it was the woman who we bought our house from. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I sat there, you know, while my co-presenter interviewed the woman we bought the house from about, um, you know, something to do with education and schools and the lockdown. And and then I got really paranoid that she was going to say something, not my <laughs> co-host, but the, the woman, because I think I was a bit pushy over completion dates. <laughs> I remember you, Jeff Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, with your sixteenth yeah. of February. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, as I say, coincidence stories never that that good. But you know, I just thought that was slightly odd to be hosting a radio show and completely coincidentally, the woman mm. I bought my house from was one of the contributors. Anyway, um, where are we up to? Oh, so here we go. Um, however. Damn, I didn't know there was a however coming. I thought it was just going to be happy and a uh, relative breeze. However, we were particularly unhappy where we were living thanks to where we were living thanks to a nosy downstairs neighbour that kept us on edge for the time we lived there. I've had friends who this has happened to, and and it's ruinous. It can just really be ruinous. for your lives and relationships sometimes. Uh, Tom says, and we both struggle with our mental health, but Laura suffers with anxiety. We'd fallen in love with the house we were buying, so it felt like a lot was riding on the move. This time felt like one of the most stressful times of either of our lives. I'd meant to send a podcast at the time to raise our spirits, but for some reason I didn't. Luckily, we moved on the 9th of December. That's great. Congratulations. Now a plague is upon us and all of that seems insignificant in comparison. We both feel so lucky to be in a house with a garden. We also have a new member of the family with the arrival of Eric the cat, who we picked up from a rescue centre only a few days before lockdown. Uh, He's helped keep Laura company whilst she works from home as I still have to go to work. I think the distraction of work and the company of Eric has helped keep Laura's anxiety at bay. I know I couldn't have gone through this without her keeping me sane. So I just want to say that what a great, funny and beautiful person she is. And I'm so grateful to be with her. We have just celebrated our year's anniversary today, the 18th of May. So I know this will be too late for this week's episode. Um, but I'd love to hear more of your recipes in more detail, he adds. Um, there's an, if that sounded like a weird transition, there was a, a, a sentence that you'd struck out with your blue biro, Annabelle, mm, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, maybe I had a few people say on social media they want a bit more of that. So I will yes. try and uh, I'll tell you what I'm making tonight for dinner after we finish recording. It's going to be a, a late dinner like a Spaniard would eat at 10 o'clock. Is, you know that tomato fry curry that I've made for you before now mm. from Mira Soda's first book? Lovely. Making that tonight. That's why I was 10 minutes late for the record because I was just finishing prepping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that's not really a good reason for keeping you waiting for 10 minutes. But... Then it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad that when you finish, you can just go straight in there, start cooking, no more prepping. Yeah, yeah. No, mm. I'm in there. Just got to heat that oil up, mustard seeds in uh, with some curry leaves. As soon as they start popping, I will be adding red onion, um, garlic and chilli. And then after about, have you got everything in little bowls waiting? Yep, yep, yep. All I've got to do is slice. All I've got to do is slice up the tomato while the onions are cooking. Then the tomatoes will go in after they've been in for I don't know ten minutes or whatever. Add some turmeric, chili powder, salt, pepper, uh, ground cumin, and ground coriander. I think. And then right at the end, I'll throw in a handful of Sev delicious. Going to have it with some paratha. What do you think about that? Then take it. You've long since had your tea. Oh, hours ago, yeah, literally yeah, hours yeah, ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like one of the uh, the old people living in a retirement home in Florida yes. who eats at like four o'clock or something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, says, Laura has been full veggie since the middle of last year, so it'd be great to get some ideas for meals. I've got chilli, curry and spag bowl lockdown, pardon the pun, uh, but they're basically the same thing with different herbs or spices chucked in. Much love, Tom. Well, I mean, I do a lot of cooking from Mira Sodas, which is S-O-D-H-A. Uh, it's a book just called, I think it's called Fresh India. It's the green one. It's all veggie recipes. But um, she's also got a good vegan book, which I don't own, uh, but I hear good things about. So uh, Nigel Slater's got a good veggie book out. That, um, In fact, two, he did one for spring and summer and one for autumn and winter. And the spring and summer one is really coming into its own at the moment. The Anna Jones ones. Really good. Can be take a bit more time mm. like, if you really want to prepare something special. The Anna Jones ones are spectacular. But I find that she'll say something, take, uh, say something will take you 20 minutes and it'll end up taking you an hour and a half. Right. But they are really good. Anyway, um, well, um, hello to you both. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, despite your dislike of the uh, this section of the podcast, Laura. Hope Look Eric's how great doing... it is, Laura. You get yeah. extra, extra little anecdotes. You get full recipe. Yeah, she's, <laughs> every she's week gonna, this happens. She's going to be hooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the recipe section, or the, what we've eaten, should come in a section after the podication. Maybe I'm not sure how many people optional. are going to be gripped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it should have its own separate podcast feed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, there we go. Uh, the latest edition of the podcast, podicated to Laura from Tom. And if you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, pressing stop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.